Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Ebenezer Samuel, who is also the fitness director for Men's Health, the largest men's media brand in the world. And he's a personal trainer to a wide range of clients, including NFL players to working moms. He's a head of training innovation for a fitness platform called Flexit. And what I love about Ebenezer, his approach really blends everything from bodybuilding, speed training, calisthenics, helping your body move better and building muscle, while also avoiding boredom and long-term injuries. He is literally certified in almost every fitness modality. And so when I say this guy is knowledgeable in fitness, I mean, this guy is knowledgeable in fitness. He's also, he's also starred in numerous shows, including Men's Health, New Rules of Muscle, and The Next Top Trainer. In this episode, you guys, because it's still January, we really wanted to uncover some of your biggest questions and answer them, uh, really to help maybe elevate your where, wherever you are in fitness or kind of talk about some of the myths out there so you can kind of go out there and reach your goals better. We go over how to really build muscle, how to really lose fat. Is the workout plan you're doing even working for you because it's so different for everybody? We go, we, we go over some of the most overrated exercises and some of the most underrated exercises and so much more. We talk about like the main things that the main questions, I guess, the main questions and queries that people are usually asking for. So I hope this episode really does help answer some of those questions for you and, uh, and much more. Enjoy. All right. So today on the podcast, we have the one and only Ebenezer Samuel, otherwise known as Eb. Um, Eb and I are actually quite good friends. So I'm super happy to have him on the podcast. Super happy to have you here on the podcast. Yeah. I'm excited. And, um, we are on location. We're, we're at the Carillon Wellness Resort in Miami. Both of us are doing some some work here, and so we figured why not take advantage of this beautiful location um, and do this podcast just in time for 2022, the new year. Uh, we thought I thought we thought it would be a really good chance to talk about um, goal setting and all those fitness and health questions or um things that people are constantly like revolution like uh not revolutions um fitness resolutions that they have usually they put on for like 2022 and there's no one better to do it with than ebenezer because otherwise known as eb because he is the fitness director for men's health and probably one of the most um not just educated but really some in the space but someone who that practices what he preaches and truly constantly just ups his uh, knowledge in this space. And there's no one more dedicated than you. So this is a really good person to be doing this with. So thank you for coming on. No problem. I'm very, very excited and a little bit nervous to be on here. But what do you be ner- What are you nervous for? I'm, I'm not really sure because because you're an intimidating podcast. Host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. He's I yeah. think he's kind of kidding, but. You know, this is what I love about you is that you're so like humbled and so like, like kind of like soft spoken, but you're like a beast when it comes to like anything in the health and fitness space. And I know you're probably really not, if you're nervous, it's more because we have like three cameras staring at you and you usually, 
behind the scenes, kind of, so to speak, doing a lot of the editorial, putting together all the workouts, but like at the same time, and you're not doing like, you're not doing a push up or, or a, a lunge, because that's what you're most comfortable with, we you know. Yeah, push-ups. Push-ups. Yeah. Bench or press, yeah. But ben, anything, anything that's movement or action oriented. Um, so why don't we just go, like, I'm going to jump in because I think that, like, let's go through one of the biggies, right, which is goal setting. Yeah. Right? Everybody for, two, for 2022 or any year when they make these, like, New Year's resolutions, they always want to, you know, say, oh, this year I'm going to lose 10 pounds or I'm going to work out more. I'm going to eat better. And then by, like, month three, yeah. those all dissipate and then you go right back to what you normally do. So why, why don't we start with that? Like how do like, and this is something I'm sure you guys cover a lot with men's <clears throat> health, but how do, what's the best approach when and for people for goal setting? I think, I think there are, there are two kind of prevailing approaches now that both work. I think one is you kind of let somebody else set the goal, which I think we're seeing more people do now. And that's, you do that because, um, because you decide that you're going to do like a tough mudder race or you're going to you're going to do wow. like a high rise competition you're going to do something where you suddenly have to um perform for it right and because you have this deadline and you have this concrete event happening um it that sets the goal for you and then you have to pursue it right, right? and i think that that's one way to do it and what works about that is it's concrete right there's okay I, I have to compete in this tough mudder i know it's going to be three miles it incorporates these events so i have to train for them and so that's going to help get me where i need to get right and also helps with accountability too right because yeah. you're putting it out there that you're going to be doing this 5k or this tough mudder or whatever the spartan whatever it is and then not only working towards that goal but it's out there that you kind of want to do well by it like right so yeah. that's a good idea so then a really good way to goal set for people is put something on the calendar that you're working towards so yeah. like what if someone can't do something like a tough mutter give give other options like through all your throughout your career i'm sure you've had to like yeah. create or like you probably know of lots of different things that people could put on their calendar or work towards as something so give us a bunch of different examples. Yeah, I mean, it can be it can be pretty simple, right? They're, like, again, Tough Mudder is great, Spartan races are great, um, but it can be something a lot uh, on the local level. You know, a lot of cities, a lot of towns have like 5Ks, you know, sign up for kind of a local 5K. Um, a lot of people like to try to prep for marathons. That's insane to me and not something Ugh. I would ever. Um, what do you, what's your take on marathons? <laughs> it's interesting. I. <laughs> Um, I have a very complicated take on it. I think anytime you're doing anything physical for yourself and you're putting that challenge in front of yourself, it's never a bad thing, right? I don't know that um, a marathon is a great way to kind of long-term goal set for your fitness because one, I think, I just think the repetitive, the way people tend to train for marathons is a lot of running and it's a lot of that same pattern over and over and over. and our body kind of moves in three planes, not just one. Like we're meant to move forward in front of us, we're meant to rotate, and we're also meant to kind of move laterally. And and you tend to abandon those other pieces mm -hmm. um, when you train for a marathon. And that's it's great that you train for the marathon, you, you burn a ton of calories, you wind up really improving your aerobic fitness. But I just think you miss too many other things. So I'm like, 
is that really like the long-term goal you want and it's going to pound your knees too so i also feel like that's where i get i gain all my injuries from right is from mm. running and i'm not i never i i'm a I don't, me, myself, I don't believe in marathons myself because mm -hmm. of the same reasons actually that you said. Uh, also, because I feel like you're breaking down so much like muscle, yeah. lean muscle by doing something so much like that, that pounding. Mm -hmm. And as you age, it's really hard for your joints and for your knees and for your ankles. So I'm a, I love running, don't get me wrong. And mm -hmm. because I love it that much, I choose not to do the marathons because I wanna be running for many, many years to come, mm. not just short term for something like a marathon and then have mm. all these crazy injuries. And like I said, I know from just like, I have ankle issues, I have knee issues already. And, and that's from just running four times a week for 45 minutes. So like compound that with so much more, I'm gonna be like a total disaster, I, right? I think too, it's how, it's how some people train for the marathon too, right? Cause they're, the way most people train for a marathon is they gradually pile on like miles. It's like you, at, you, you just run, right? Right. Elite marathoners are able to stay healthier because they're, it's like they're running a couple of days a week, but they're also kind of hitting the weight room um, to kind of work on stability at their hip, at their ankle, at their knee and kind of through their core. That way their stride improves, right? If you right. go out there with a bad stride and you have to repeat that for how many thousand steps over the course of your marathon and your marathon training, you're just, you're compounding whatever right. injuries you have. But point. if you were to kind of, I think if, I think what I'd love to see just on kind of a national level, um, is the conversation around, around marathon running, um, and kind of long distance running season change for, for average people who just go out and compete and, and run it for fun, right? That mm -hmm. the conversation change and it, it start to shift to more of, hey, let's run two to three days a week. Let's not pile up insane mileage, um, but let's not make that just the only thing we're doing fitness wise, but let's also support that with, you know, some, some sessions in the weight room because those weight room sessions are what insulate elite runners mm -hmm. from getting hurt when they go out to run. Like you were saying, like if you did, if if people were training properly, like they would be incorporating the stability because that's a mm -hmm. big one, and also to the gait or the how you're moving. If you're doing, if you're moving badly or incorrectly, and you're doing it over and over and over again, that's also much more about. That's how you get injured yeah. and and injured quicker. And um, yeah, no, I know. I think that's a really good point. Uh, the other thing I find, I was going to ask you just about the marathons because we're on there. I heard a myth, this could be a myth, that mm -hmm. some people's body types are much more inclined for running or for mm -hmm. doing this. Because I do have friends, I've got a mm -hmm. few, two or three friends um, <clears throat> who are really lean, lanky, tall, um, who are ultra marathoners, yeah. right? And they never get injured. But that's like the anomaly. Yeah. Right. Is there some, is there something to be said for body type and the way you work out? Yeah. So it's interesting. We one of the one of the more fun stories we did at Men's Health last year, and this is a project that um, me and the editor in chief were super excited about, was actually about all about um, lever length, right? Um, which is basically the length of my arms, the length of my my legs, um, particularly like like my thighs compared to like my calves, right? right? Um, and the relationship when you have different lengths of of, of limbs, it instantly lends to certain to certain exercises, to certain sports more, right? Because if you are that long limb person, if you think about it, so I'm five, nine and a half. And you know, I try to tell people <laughs> I'm five, ten. Um, oh, here we go again, yes. But if, how tall are you? 
five six. So if you and if you and me both go out to run a mile, right. right? Just because my legs are longer than yours, right? I need fewer strides to cover that. So all your, mm. so all your your very long legged friends, right? Um, when they go out to run their ultras, um, they can cover that distance in much fewer strides, which means less chance of injury and uh, more. And, but it goes the same if you if we go into the weight room, which is where we'll wind up at some point during this trip. Yes, um, today actually. Yeah, like yes. if if you ever look at like like the bench press champions, like the very best bench pressers in the world, nine times out of ten they have very very short arms, right? And the reason is because well, the shorter your arms, the easier it is to press up, right? I, that makes so, that's such that's so true. I never even yeah. thought of that. Yeah, I, I'm not good at the deadlift, right? And the reason I'm not a great deadlifter is because my legs are very long relative to my torso. So I have to work harder at the deadlift. So one of the, when we did the story last year, one of the things we really explored was, you know, do like the, one of the myths of, of the gym is this idea that you need, you have to, you have to do the conventional deadlift. You have to be able to do a pull-up. You have to do certain exercises with the barbell, right? Uh, that's what they claim. And what we kind of tried to show within the story is that's not true because for me, the conventional deadlift isn't a great lift. So I do a lot more trap bar deadlifts and I still get what I need out of them. I'm so, uh, that's such a, that is such a good piece of information because you know why? There's a couple of different exercises for me that just biomechanically are just terrible for me. Mm -hmm. The exercise where I just seem not to be, my, my body doesn't really do well with is when mm -hmm. you do the, 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 the squat with mm -hmm. the bar in front of me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, my body becomes very awkward and I beat myself up. I'm like, how can I not do this? This is yeah. like 101 for people who are into, like, you know, very into the fitness world. Um, so there is something, biomechanically, there is something about that. But I'm five, six, and why would that front bar be bad for me? So the, 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 the front one, the front squat is, is, is an incredibly challenging lift anyway. Like for, for a lot of people, most of the time, it's not, that's not a lever issue. That's almost- um, A lat. Yeah, exactly. It's lat tightness. It's also um, not for nothing, but I have like big biceps, right? I like to think I do. But, um, but so, <laughs> you do, you do. So I can't necessarily turn my arm. So I have trouble with the lift too, right? So it's, a, it's kind of a, a wrist mobility, elbow thing, and then it's a lat thing, right? But then true, yeah. the thing, again, you kind of look at, well, why is, I, I've been asking myself a lot the question probably over the last like year and a half about why is this so important, right? And what's the goal of the lift, right? And if the goal of an ex, if, if there's an easier way, and this is what the guys who train like pro athletes do so well, right? And it's what I think about when I'm working with like a Terrell Owens or like an Antonio Brown, it's kind of like, what's the name dropper no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> what's the um what's the you know yes i can you know and, and i i learned this a lot too because i covered the nfl before i was um i was i was at men's health and i would go into nfl locker rooms and nfl players very rarely do power cleans okay um the power clean is a really good exercise that helps you get more explosive but it's a really hard exercise to teach so the NFL trainer just wants his players nine times out of 10 to get more explosive. He doesn't care how you do it. How you right? do it, right. Yeah, so this is actually a tip I got from Patrick Mahomes' trainer, right? Um, all he has his guys do is take a medicine ball and throw it really high up in the air. That's it. And if you, um, 
it wasn't Patrick Mahomes, it was James Harden's trainer, right? Mm-hmm. All he had, all you do is you take a, a medicine ball and you should do this every day and everybody can do this. And you just throw it up really high in the air, as high as you possibly can, five times, okay? And the, it's hitting, it's actually hitting the exact same muscles as a power plane, right? At the exact same speed, except it's a lot easier, right? So, so I, st- I started doing that and I have a lot of the people I work with do that. Right. And that's an explode. That's a really good explosive movement, and you get the same benefits of doing a power clean. Exactly from an athletic standpoint. From exa- yeah. yeah. Exactly. You don't, and you don't. But it's a lot easier to teach. Throw a ball up really high as, as hard as you possibly can. It's a lot easier to teach than a power clean. Okay, so, that's a really good piece of information. Just tell everyone though, mm-hmm. what's the why? What's the benefit of doing explosive movements? So, like, take it to the one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, fitness one hundred and one for people yeah. who are not like expert experts like you are yeah so it, it's interesting explosive movements are are really i feel like we've gotten to a point as a society where we realize we need to build muscle right and we've kind of heard that and still there are times where we don't do that but we build muscle and we do it with kind of these slow reps right mm-hmm. but one of the things we kind of lose is as like your, your body is kind of meant to be explosive and that explosiveness that is is the speed to kind of do things really quick right um that's really what it is it's this ability for me to like i can punch my hands out slowly right or i can punch them out really fast okay and i can do the same thing with my legs i can just put my hand my foot on the ground or i can stomp it into the ground right um it's really important especially as we age we lose that ability to be explosive so we want to preserve as much of it as we can because that ability for me to if i'm standing up if I'm standing up right now, if I'm going for a walk and you push me, mm-hmm. right, and I need to all of a sudden um, catch my balance, mm-hmm. right, it's that ability to move explosively, right, that or allows quick me, enough. Or yeah, quick enough, right? Exactly. That That's what allows me to decelerate so that I'm not going to fall and hurt myself. So at wow, a base yeah. level, um, at a base level, that's really important. There's a lot of research now that says... Um, we can get stronger into our 50s and 60s, right? We can continue to build just strength, like the ability to lift more weight, right? But that ability to lift that weight fast and for me to reach out and grab this super quickly, um, that's what diminishes earlier as we age. And that's why it's so important for us to try to preserve that as much as we can. That's a really good point. So, you know, as we age, a lot of times people say or think, you know, oh, you know what, we just as if I keep my, my body moving, I'll go for long walks, brisk walks, do some cardio. Mm. And yes, now you're right. People are knowing that they have to do some resistance training for their bones and for to building muscle mass. But I think the explosive mo- movements are not very well known because people do, I think the belief is that for explosive moves, that's mm. for someone who's young. When, they're, when I was young, I could do that. But you're actually saying that it's super important as we age because that's the that kind of helps you with the ability to move quickly so you don't get injured. Like, right? Like, you can, like, is it, it's good for your reflexes, too, basically. Exactly, it yeah. Helps your reflexes. Yeah, exactly. Reflexive stuff has to happen very quickly. And, yeah. Yeah, and um, you're kind of training that response when you take the time to kind of train explosive ideas. Um, the other thing is kind of like, it's like a, we talk about in fitness a lot, this idea of like having like a movement library, mm-hmm. right? Like the things you do every day, you get really comfortable doing, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Um, and the things you don't, you, you I, especially as we age, and I notice it even like 
like for myself the exercises i haven't done in six months right um it's like start to get hard when i go out to do them it's like wow this takes work or this doesn't feel as comfortable as um as i wanted to feel and some of that is because suddenly i'm not explosive in that direction right because i haven't done it so i don't have that comfort level so i'm suddenly tentative um so when you kind of train when you i think when you train that explosiveness um it, it help when you when you try to train that in as many directions as possible it helps to just preserve your your ability to like play with your kids and do things again that you don't you you're not doing as frequently as you want to but you still want to kind of preserve that that's a great point um how about for people like you're, you're saying something about like doing the same things over and over again which mm-hmm. we all become victim of like i mean i do that all, you and i talk about this all the time because you know when you get super busy, you go on, you go on autopilot mode or just like, all right, I'll go on the treadmill for this amount of time. I'll do the same exercises I know, you know that I, that are just kind of part of my daily regimen. What happens when that happens? Like, do do you actually have do you get? Uh, when obviously you get you you get decreased effects, um, but why like why is that bad if you're still doing it over and over again you're still burning the calories mm-hmm. you're still moving every day let's can you talk about the whole plateau like why we plateau how do we stop plateauing so we mm-hmm. can actually see results and get you know get get to the place we want to be and how do we trick our brains out of like constantly going back into that autopilot yeah it's it's hard because yeah you get into um you get into a fitness comfort zone and i kind of do it I kind of I think everybody does it because you especially the longer the older you get and the longer you're in the gym the more you get comfortable with certain That's with me. certain with certain exercises right um I think um pl- plateaus are interesting because um because it's like it's like it, it's interesting because you go back to what we talked about about goals right and um I think you also plat you you also plateau if you don't have like a strong goal, right? Because right. then because then you don't really know. It's like when you hop on the rower or the treadmill or anything, right? You don't really know like why like why you're doing it, you know? And so it's like really easy for it to um, for well, you to kind of. Well, I know no, I know why yeah. we're doing it because we we're trying to work out, but yeah, it becomes very second nature where then you're not getting mm. the results, mm. and your body, I feel, becomes so. Um, proficient so you yeah. it's not even like working anymore yeah I think I think um, I think it helps to I think especially on the cardio equipment right mm-hmm. it helps to and this kind of goes back to what we were saying about explosiveness and this is actually um, a debate I've been having with a friend a friend of mine uh, Michael Easter wrote the uh, comfort crisis I don't know if you've heard about it but no it's, but I should read it it's an, it's an interesting book but him and me had he and I have this debate it's a long-running debate that we had conduct over text message and he's probably texting me about it right now <laughs> about um, he's, he's very much a proponent of um, longer distances and kind of like slow like like steady state running and stuff like that i'm very much a proponent of um of like a little bit more interval training yeah well isn't like it hasn't it been proving that proven that hit training is the the best way to kind of constantly for fat loss and for seeing any kind of re- real result and yeah and it's because it checks it, it's because it checks multiple boxes right because hit training works because and it's funny because i'm not i'm definitely not like a crossfit person right, right. i have a lot of issues with 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 that style but at the same time like it checks a lot like like when you're hit training your heart rate never really comes your heart rate never fully comes down even though it's kind of an interval right um and because of that there's there's a really strong like cardiovascular aerobic benefit to it right but at the same time especially if you're 
if you're playing with kind of short enough intervals like i think something i think one of the issues with hit as conceived in group fitness classes is you know they they tend to have people not rest enough right mm. but if you're resting if you're doing say 30 seconds on 30 off of something or even 40 seconds on 20 off that's probably where i would top out in hit um you're, you're still your body gets a chance to be explosive like you can push hard on those 40 second on those 40 second bursts right so you're getting you get to capture that explosive component you get the aerobic component and any kind of explosive motion you're doing and that's the really really underrated thing about that thing i mentioned earlier where we're literally just throwing a medicine ball up doing it really fast right all of that like um without getting too physics-y, force is mass times acceleration, right? Mm -hmm. So I can do I can do two things. I can get down on the ground for a push-up, right? And I can do it slowly. I'm creating like a certain amount of force, right? Or I can um, I can explode out of it, right? And I can explode with a lighter weight and still build muscle and, and be getting explosive and um, still build strength. And I'm still getting that explosive component. And that's what we can do with HIT when you get on the rower and you go really, really hard for 20 seconds and then you rest for 40 seconds. And so that's the best way for fat loss. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, um, I think if, I, if, if you put a gun to my head, I would tell you that was the best way for fat loss. Yeah. But if you can't, can you plateau with HIT? Like if I'm doing HIT, mm -hmm five days a week is that too much yeah hit? so that so that's the thing yeah so that's the thing the recovery from the recovery from hit workouts if done correctly right mm -hmm. is is um and that's where people it, 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 that's mess where up. people mess up because they'll they'll think okay i can make hit better i can make my hit workout better mm -hmm. by trying to do more work and rest less right? right but if you do more work if you go for like 50 seconds on and you take like 10 seconds off every minute right you're doing you're, you're, it's not hit anymore basically yeah then it's literally just like aerobics or something like that or and, at a very high rate and yeah. then your body can probably produce too much cortisol or yeah it's a combination well it's basically your body's your body's um ATP stores can't recover fast enough for you to utilize them. So you just start using, you just start slowing down, right? And you you lose the explosive component and you also lose the ability, your heart rate just, the, the graph of hit should look something like up and then kind of down, up and then kind of down. Cause it, cause you, you have like a little bit of recovery in, in mm -hmm. that. When, when you start to get into the hit, um, again, in, in group fitness or when people try to do more, um, the graph starts to just flatline, right? Right. And then I have a, I have a, I have a one really good friend, um, and she would do, and I, she, I was trying to help her with this, and so she would send me like her graph off of Whoop, right? And I would look at it, and she was, and it was like one ten the entire way across, right? And we want, I, we want, you can get that heart rate up higher. You want with, those those peaks and valleys. Yeah. But you were saying about your friend. Okay, so for you're saying if a gun was to work at your head. Um, hit training is the best yeah. way to a not uh, sorry to not plateau mm -hmm. um, and to get the most gains from fat loss. But there's a big but if you do it properly, yes. right? And it, you can't do it every day. Yeah, you exactly. You need that time to recover. Yeah, if you're training your hit hard and correctly, I would max it out at two days a week, maybe three. Really, but really two. That's yeah. okay. And then you were you were saying something about your friend that you're constantly in a text, 
you know, fast with. Yeah, sorry. The comfort, no, the comfort guy. So what is his, does he believe that you should be doing steady state as the best way for fat loss or for not plateauing or what did he say? He just, he, he thinks he's nuts. Um, (laughs) But he, he thinks um, his take is that you should be doing um, steady, steady state is just kind of, um, I guess we, we, our discussion is what's the best fitness you should do, Mm -hmm. not necessarily for fat loss. Um, and his take is, um, his take is that steady state is kind of like the forgotten piece of fitness. And he's like, guys, like guys like Eb don't want to do it because they, because they have too much muscle and it's too much work, you know? Really? So what is his, what what does he think? And when you say steady state, like what else does he He, think? Steady state for how long? What's the duration? um, How often? Yeah. That's, uh, that's where he and I go back and forth a little bit. Cause, um, so, so in the grand scheme, just just to kind of backtrack real quick, I think in the grand scheme, what I what I want more people to do and what we really need to do is kind of blend the two approaches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I think like like if if you if you if you're working for a specific goal, even if it's like a marathon, right? It, it's still better to have a blend of approaches in there, right? So in the grand scheme, I would love to see people do hit twice a week, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then maybe you have like the, those longer cardio pieces, um, that are a little bit slower where it's just like, say a a 20 minute run or a three mile run or something like that. You can put those in on the days when you're not training hit, right. And take it a little bit easier and go out there. You know, what's interesting about you. I find, so your, what's your take on cardio? So I, Mm -hmm. I would think if I didn't know you, which Mm -hmm. I know you, of course, um, that you would be all about strength training, resistance mm. training, because most people who are mm. like at your, like at level and doing what you're mm. doing is all, they think cardio is just like a total waste of time mm. and you're storing, you're storing a bunch of, you know, fat because of it. Mm. It's putting your body into, you know, all these different modes that it shouldn't be in. Mm. What's your take? Um, my take it sounds is- like you don't mind cardio. Y- yeah. It's, it's interesting because, um, I think all. I'm, I'm very big on kind of um, every every piece of fitness has a purpose. And again, when we look at when we look at our lives now, right, the reality is nine times out of 10, aside from going to the gym, it's mm-hmm. like it's like I can order Uber Eats and I can you know, they're going to bring us room service and, and all this. So, so right. I, and I can order I can order everything. It just shows up to my house and they install it. I never have to get up from my couch. Right. But um, so I feel like there's a lot less um, necessity for things like cardio, but if we look at just being well-rounded and kind of living long and enjoying, like, I th- I'm very big on fitness for 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 the average person as like, the, the more well-rounded you can be, the more you're going to enjoy your life for longer, right? Um, and that means like, yes, the muscle building, I if you, again, gun to my head, I hate making choices because I think like everybody needs a little bit of everything in their fitness, right? Um, and so I hate making choices, but and gun to my head, I would tell you to strength train um, before you did cardio. But at the same time, there's a lot of value in just going out for like a 10 minute run. Um, it's good for your mental mental health. It's good for mental health. And it's also good for just kind of, um, it's just good. Like if I can build that aerobic system, right? If I, If my lungs are stronger and my heart is stronger from going out on those runs too, it's going to make me better when I go into the gym and I want to um, do as many push-ups as I can or do as many squats as I can. So I think all of the different pieces complement each other. And so we should, we should have a little bit of cardio in our life. Okay. But do you think that makes sense mm-hmm. for all the other, other reasons? Like for the, for, for mental, for cognitive, to help mm-hmm. you with the, with your endurance, 
How about for fat loss? What do you think about cardio for fat loss? See, that's that's where I think um, that's where I think we go wrong, right? Right. Because I I think what happens, I think I think the thinking is again, it's still it's based on the idea of do more work, right? Um, so I'm just gonna run on the treadmill for like three hours, right? Right. 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 And that's, that's wow. Hmm? That's a long time. No, you know. Yeah, I do know yeah. what you mean, though. But yeah, and it, I think it. I think it's based on that idea of do more work, but it's not. I mean, it it falls apart in in two areas. One is like, yes, maybe you know, it's like you cut your calories a whole ton, and then you um you go. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you you focus on cutting calories and you focus on doing cardio so that you can burn calories. Um, and then you lose you lose the weight, right? Mm-hmm. But along the way, you've also um, because you haven't taken the time to strength train, you've also lost necessary muscle, which is you know muscle that helps you kind of get through your day, right. muscle that helps you, muscle that helps you again with all those little deceleration factors, um, and and you've lost like an ability to be explosive, and that in the long run. Um, well, both in the short term and the long term is going to cost you a little bit. And two, it's going it, it's going to hurt you in the long run because um, we need to be th- one of the things we're fighting as we get older. In addition to that loss of explosiveness is that loss of muscle. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to work hard to maintain that. So that's where I think some kind of interval training is a better road. Some kind of interval training, like strength interval training is a better approach to fat loss. Because you can, can you can build so strength inter- interval not being hit. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hit okay. because again, hit we can do properly twice a week. Right. right? So, what kind of strength interval would you talk? Like, give us an example. So, I think, um, and I, I'm kind of calling it strength interval training because it differs from like the way I strength train, where I'm going to lift heavy and take you know time between my sets because I'm lifting heavy. Right. I think you. I think if if somebody has a pair of 25 pound dumbbells at home, right. Um, we can basically choose, we can basically work, so say 40 seconds on 20 off, right. Or even 30 seconds on 30 off, um, of make critical motions, right. Like we would do, I I might tell you to choose three exercises, choose like a reverse lunge, a dumbbell row, um, and maybe a push up, and alternate those exercises 30 on 30 off for, you know, five or six sets. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's only like 15 to 20 minutes that way. So it's a, it's a workout that's pretty sustainable and you can do, um, but you're going to get, you, you, you get to build muscle, you get to move through more movement patterns than you're going to, if you just do cardio. And again, I want you to, in the ideal world, I want your body to move in more ways than one. Right. Right. All planes of motion. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then what are some other fat loss myths that are myths? It's interesting. I think one, one, especially for guys, I think is also is just the general idea of um, of focusing on on losing fat. Right. Because, again, we're talking about um, we want to talk about building muscle too, and that muscle is going to have is going to have more longevity for you and help you burn fat. Exactly, it's going to help you burn fat, um, and it's going to preserve your body. So I think that that's one big issue I see. And another another thing, and this is especially for guys, is that guys think like like that fat loss is the key, you know. And what's inter- what's interesting? No, guys usually feel not to interrupt you, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that guys kind of feel like they need to always like want to build their chest and like build yeah. muscle. 
not so i mean i made sure i'm sure it's about losing fat but i feel like guys just want to get bigger bigger perfect example well, you know bigger. well yeah. i hope not i mean you can barely sit on this couch but <laughs> i mean people want yeah. they want big muscles guys yeah that's that's true it's probably more women i feel like yeah women want to lose fat yeah for sure and they're scared of bulking which yeah. i know is a to that's a myth right there women are not going to bulk at all yeah um but um men more want them just Get yeah. bigger. Yeah, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago. You have a lot of conversations. I talk a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean more than I more than I ask sometimes. But yeah, um, yeah. No, I was having I was having a conversation with a really big um, um, YouTube guy, and we, that's what we were talking about. It's like your athletic athletic athlete X. Athlete X. Yeah, yeah. I like him. Okay. Yeah, um, but no, that that's what we were talking about. It's like he like. It's interest. It's interesting, actually, because what we the discussion we were having is the industry tends to, the industry to guys does push the idea, and I think that's why I got caught up on it. Um, but the in, the industry to guys pushes the idea of fat loss, right? It's like here's a thirty day program to lose weight, right? Um, and both I and Athlean think, yeah, more guys want to build muscle, mm -hmm. um, and more guys. Um, and kind of understand like the importance of that by now um but it, at the same time i know why the industry the the health and fitness industry to men pushes the idea of fat loss partly because it's the only promise they can adequately deliver on right because um because you have all these the the industry tends to push like 30-day programs and stuff like that and you're not gonna build appreciable muscle in 30 days right, right? you cannot but if if and building muscle is hard. It takes work, you know. Especially as you age, which I want to get into soon. That's yeah. a, that's a topic we're going to talk about. But you know how hard it is to build muscle as you get older. Yeah. Because you lose so much as you get older. Yeah, exactly. It, and and that and but but it's possible, you know. It just um it definitely takes like I feel like the older you get, um it takes like a more coordinated and careful approach like when you're 25 you can do anything oh god yeah yeah and like i built muscle so easily now i'm working 10 times as hard and i'm like you know i'm not getting any of the results that i used to get it would take it takes me like literally like 20 times as much hmm. um so yeah the aging and, and building muscle for sure is a topic i want to get to but just finish what you're going to say I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh. oh, yeah, but the the industry pushes, the industry basically pushes like these. these fat. Yeah, fat loss is the key, right? So I think people have moved past the idea. People kind of understand the importance of muscle, but you have this industry that's constantly bombarding you with like lose weight, lose weight, lose weight because it's an easier sell. For like you being at men's health, right? Yeah. Is that the question? Is that the kind of questions or the people wanted like this the most wanted or asked question or the your your readership what's what are, what's the what are they asking for the most is it because they want to lose fat or is it because they want to build strength i think i think i think um so it's interesting and it's interesting because we have so much more data on them now and we see kind of what what people read and what we have a lot it's interesting because what's really cool about the men's health readership is that it definitely the more I've kind of studied the data, the more it's like they're actually paying attention, right? And they're they're learning. Cause the the stories that we get kind of the most traffic on mm -hmm. are like the best 14 back exercises, right? Which it to Which me Which is strength though, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, it's strength. So I feel like guys guys are guys now want to focus on building strength or they, they understand that. But 
for the for back exercises to be up there too they also understand that on a pretty nuanced level because um i feel like when you send somebody into it it's like international bench press monday is kind of like a that's like a very big gym joke it is well yeah. you know what i like to hear that mm-hmm. what, i think the back is super important i talked about that like, yeah. i talked about that in like all of my books because i think it's all like an illusion, right? If you mm-hmm. have a really sculpted back with like wide shoulders and like a V, a v taper, mm-hmm. it makes everything look so much better, right? Yeah. And you, you look so much more fit. Um, it used to be that six pack mm-hmm. abs, like how do I get a six pack? How do mm-hmm. I get a flat tummy? Are you seeing less of the questions about abs and now mm-hmm. more on the back or they both? It, it's basically it's um it's it's back abs and arms right oh um, okay so ab- yeah. abs are still high up there yeah i feel like they're always because i feel like um it's interesting what you said about back because back is like the back is your key to all the other things right absolutely w- one of the things i one of the things i get asked a lot um is how to is how to get like a really big chest right and my, you have a big chest yeah I think. it's bigger than mine <laughs> <laughs> um but um but um yeah sorry i'm trying to figure out how to get at it oh God, you're so shy <laughs> um i mean you're just like you have yeah. you know you work out so much your upper body i mean yeah anyone can see you go on to ed by the way everyone go yeah. to Ebene- yeah. what's your what's your instagram ebenezer um, it's my full name yeah ebenezer samuel 23 23 yeah. uh go check him out on the on instagram because you'll see like he works out his chest a lot and he also has got great exercises but um you'll see what i'm talking about if you're if you're listening to this podcast and not watching it that's how you can you can see how i'm jabbing him by just checking him out <laughs> on instagram okay go ahead um, sorry but but anyway that's one of the questions that uh, that's one of the questions i get i get the most um over like dms and when i put that q and a's and one of the secrets to building a big chest actually starts with your back right because if we if if all i do is chest exercises it's just going to pull me forward and forward and forward and, and the fibers here get tight right and and that's kind of then I, then you just have more of that kind of hunched over look and it's bad for your shoulders right posture bad for your posture yep yeah but your back is like if you I, i'm very big into into any kind of row like a dumbbell row or a machine row and i think everybody should have should do at least um at least twice a week should be doing like three sets of rows and it doesn't matter what it, it could be with dumbbells it could be with like a gallon of water or it can be in the gym and, and moving massive weights right but doing that kind of hits your mid back muscles and the muscles between your shoulder blades and that actually lets your chest like if i walk around like this it opens up your chest yeah, yeah. exactly so it's like i think when, whenever anybody tells me or asks me what do i have to do to, to get a big chest um they're like you know what should i do on the bench press and this and that and the other thing i'm like you should start every week by not bench pressing and your first day of every week should be training back because it, it's so it, it's it's the secret to everything and it's the secret to because if i train my abs right mm-hmm. all they're gonna do again is like kind of drive me forward and into this position. And so I need all this good back muscle to kind of like have good posture and also to let my six pack show or else mm. it's not gonna work. Yeah. That's such a great, that's a great secret or such a great tip. I love that. You you know what, you you have a lot of great like fitness tips. Like these are just, this is just one, two you've given us so far. I want you to tell us more. 
but I want you to finish and you can bullet point them. Like mm. what What are some other myths with fat loss mm. uh, for people to listen to and they can know for 2022, mm. but also I want for their res resolutions. And then I want to get into uh, aging and maintaining muscle. Mm. And then we can go into more fitness tips and okay. you can pepper those fitness tips in as we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm working here. Yeah, um, you are working. I told you I, you're not going to sit here and loaf around and just do a bench press or a push up. I'm going to ask you good questions. This is like a mind workout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, I mean, we've I think one of them, one, of, I feel like we've covered a pretty good amount for fat loss. Um, I want one more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think one one of the big issues is just um is just that you can kind of cut calories. It's, that yeah, I, okay. How about that one? I like that one. Mm -hmm. What's your take on a calorie deficit? You know, there's a big yeah. There's a there's two two uh, schools of thought. You know, calories in versus calories out will help you with fat loss. That's mm -hmm. one. You know, like having a calorie deficit. The other group says, I, no, that's that's bullshit. There's no such thing. It's all about like the the, the quality of calories. What's your what do you think about that? It, it's weird because um because can I like I feel like I feel kind of like I don't want to take a side on certain things. Or I feel like soft because sometimes I feel like I'm coming down in the middle. But I think it's a combination of it. It's calorie deficit. It is about getting into a calorie deficit. Um, but, and that, like, I, I don't like the calories in, calories out conversation because how you get there mm -hmm. does matter because calories in, calories out winds up getting reduced to, okay, so I can eat like, I, it's sad that I know this, but, um, like, so I can eat like, I can eat like 12 white chocolate Oreos today because they're a hundred calories right. and that's my 1200 calories. Right. Um, and that's like not. So, so I feel like what we have to do, and it's one, it's one of the things that really gets me about fat loss is we have to, we have to, we have to, um, find a way to kind of fuse the two schools, right? Um, well, one is for health reasons and one is for, you know, purely, uh, fat loss or weight loss. Yeah. So are you, are you kind of like in the middle because you're concerned, you don't want to say something because then it's going to, people are going to eat 12 Oreos or because... Yeah. Does it work? It, I don't I, like like just getting into a calorie deficit isn't isn't gonna work anyway because how does that subway guy lose all that weight or when people are like you know I'm gonna eat McDonald's but I'm gonna only eat X amount of calories and they lose weight? Yeah, I mean I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not saying yes or no. Yeah, I think and the and the the, the other back end to or one of the one of the issues with, with fat loss too is that people go on these on these diets but then it's like can you keep can you keep the weight off and can you keep it sustainable? Right, like right? longevity reasons. I mean, sorry, yeah. Yeah, like long-term. Yeah, and yeah. I definitely I definitely try to take a holistic and kind of like well-rounded like well view to things. Like I don't, um, one of, the, one of the, the issues with kind of the fat loss conversation is I always feel like it's, it, it, it winds up being, okay, I got there and I'm done, right? Um, mm. But it's a, a, how you get there matters in your ability to sustain, you know? And that's kind of, I think my, um, that's my concern with just calorie, with, with, with oversimplifying to a calorie deficit. Um, because, because how you get there, yes, you, you may, you may lose the weight and it worked, right? But what have you, you know, what have you done? What have you done for yourself when you turn like 50, right? What have you done because you, you put a lot of saturated fat into your system? Um, right. So it's not like yeah. a, the, it's it's probably the worst way of doing it and it's not sustainable long term. Yeah. Um, 
But so that's that's the problem, right? Because the second you start, it's it's you're becoming very unhealthy, and then you have a lot of uh, what you have a lot lot of visceral fat. Like what is like? Yeah, well, well you, you, yeah, you just haven't you haven't really you haven't really solved the problem long term. You you have a you, you have a lot of visceral fat. You have a lot of um, you have a lot of potential for like just heart heart issues because yeah. you haven't you haven't um, and also you. Your insulin levels are potentially all messed up too, and and that's that's kind of a really really underrated player in kind of like energy levels and your ability to build muscle, like being able to kind of under. I feel like the underrated part in the fat loss conversation is um is 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 insulin, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we can like insulin is insulin has a lot of performance enhancing capabilities. That's why I I believe there are um there are olympic there are olympic athletes who have been banned for having for 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 using synthetic insulin right um because it has a lot of ability to help us build muscle um it has a lot of good qualities when you can manipulate it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and when when you have this conversation of calories in calories out and you don't recognize that there's a difference between simple sugars and complex carbs um and you don't recognize kind of the difference between taking in fat and taking in carbs um like you you lose the ability to you potentially lose the ability to kind of control your insulin mm-hmm. and to and to remain insulin insulin like sensitive to insulin we want to we want to be able to spike our insulin when we want to with sugar and um and then see that fall off right and we as a society tend to live with our insulin here because we eat so much sugar because calories and calories out Right. So then, so then the myth is, so you kind of believe that you, it is a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. but it's how you get there. That really so it's how that you get there. So yeah. it is a myth that it's calories in calories out simplified if you're not, because yeah. over time it doesn't work. Yeah. It's also a myth. Um, I think you're going to hear more about this in 2022, to be honest, the, the idea of uh, metabolic flexibility. Yeah. I was just going to ask yeah. you about metabolic flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think you're going to hear a lot more. It, it's also we talk a, about it a lot. Yeah, it's also a myth that that um, um, carbs are the enemy or fat fat is the enemy, right? We should um, we should be able to. We want our body to be able to use either as an energy source. So all these, um, you know, keto, paleo, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like it's like oh, you're gonna you're essentially going no carb or, or no fat, you know. Um, neither of those is is effective. Because again, we want to be able to. You want to be able to use both carbs and fat, right? When needed. Yeah. Which is a great point. So, um, you know, you know what I find actually very interesting: mm-hmm. the people I know who have like a really beautiful physique, they do old school shit. You're one mm-hmm. of them. You know, like they eat small meals all throughout the day. You know, like five meals. Remember that whole like five meals a day. Mm-hmm. They eat. A, they they eat a nice like a some protein, some carbs, like they're veggie, and like they look great and they feel great. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like over time, all these other the keto diet, the intermittent mm-hmm. fasting diet, all these other things come into play, and people are so overwhelmed and so confused, like what to do. And mm-hmm. now, like people are not eating five little small meals; they're just eating in a four-hour window or a six-hour window. Is what is that a myth? Like you have to be eating a certain diet to 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 see the results, or let's talk about that. 
Um, it's it's interesting because um, I, I mean the the it, it doesn't even matter what I say about it being a myth that you have to eat a certain diet because like people have succeeded in losing weight by intermittent fasting, by paleo, by keto. But is it um, all? Is it yeah. because of a how much they're eating mm-hmm. and what they're eating? Does it matter the time they're eating? Does it matter spacing it out? Does it matter of like having a f- fasting for twelve hours? In your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you see with men's health, what is your take? Um, so I think, yeah, I think, um, I think nine, I think all those diets work because they're they're also diets, right? They've kind of given exactly, think, but they'll work for a finite period of time. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, they'll work for as long as you can stay in the frame. Like what I think the reason the reason a lot of these diets work is work quote-unquote is because they create a framework for people right they create structure we're kind of um a lot of times we're um we we don't tend to you know it's like you go into a restaurant and it's like if you don't have a plan you you order like everything i've, I've been or you know you know All right if you go grocery shopping and you don't know what you're buying yeah you're gonna buy like random everything so, yeah. so, so you're saying like you need to have like it's, it's always good to work within a a structure so yeah. you kind of keep some kind of like decorum so to speak yeah exactly and what what it's interesting because all the people you brought up before like bodybuilders athletes um yeah uh strength coaches um train, like they they all they all eat within a structure they like like i eat everything right i try to not restrict like i want to i need you need carbs like carbs kind of make your muscles look full because mm-hmm. at some point they're kind of repackaged into glycogen which creates that depth for your muscles um and you need healthy fats right um obviously protein is the backbone for everything so i don't i don't personally restrict anything for myself right but um i'm also eating within um a relatively rigid framework like i know i want to eat every two and a half hours um each each meal is driven by like a natural protein um you know that's not like a shake like i try to have you know eggs or chicken or fish um i want to have something green on the plate by it and i want to have um three to four ounces of carbs, right? Um, and so that's kind of my restrictive formula. And you pour, everything is portioned perfectly. I try to, I try to, except, except every so often, every so often you slip. But yeah, yeah, but but mostly, I yeah. mean, your portions are like on point. So yeah. again, it's about, it's not about what quote unquote diet you're following. Mm. It's about, again, what I said, and that's why if I was sitting where you were and you were interviewing me, I would say that it does make a difference about the amount you eat. Yeah. Not so much. And what you eat is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Not exact, not, not necessarily the time you're eating it and all that other stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Like all of the, all the, the time you're eating it has like, I, I think bodybuilders do bodybuilders do multiple meals. Because, right. What I'm saying at the time, like yeah. if you don't eat until noon oh, or yeah. whatever I'm saying that I think the more that, that those yeah. are also based on your body can't break down food. Like we, exactly. we, we, we overeat yeah. and therefore we're stuck with all this food in us because we're not we're not digesting it because we're eating so much of it. So like having enough time to digest your food is really good for your system. Yeah. It's interesting because to, to bring the conversation um full circle that's like intermittent fasting is part of where you get the whole calories and calories out idea because it's like oh i'm gonna take my calorie i'm gonna take all my calories in like two to in like two meals spaced in whatever it is four hours right yeah four i think eight's eight, a beginning yes. i think eight for beginners yeah, yeah or but, most people yeah i, I, I think 
I, I believe it. I believe it's eight. You're right. But 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 that and so that gets reduced to calories in. I think I think calories in, calories out was a very mean. It's like a well-meaning idea, and it was basically the way people are telling you to eat is so complicated. So it's like let's just reduce it to this. <laughs> yes. But then, but then we get so reductive with it that it kind of it, it becomes counterproductive in its own way. How about like what's the best? How about how about this? What's the mm-hmm. best way to eat mm-hmm. if we want to build muscle mm-hmm. and lose fat mm-hmm. and just you know uh, feel better and look better? What would be in your opinion? Um, how I, I would say I would say you want to have like like four meals a day, right? And each meal you want to aim for twenty grams of protein, okay? Which is and try to get this from a natural source. Make sure to get something green on your plate, right? And then get, you know, three to four ounces of a carb. And if you do that, right, you and, and then you wanna have, you wanna ideally have some kind of water on the side. Um, and if you do that- um, Not some kind of water, I have this water. <laughs> BLK water. BLK water, but BLK, and BLK water is actually perfect, right? Um, so I think you want to, I think if you do that, it checks a lot of boxes. Um, and then, and then, and again, there's variety in there, right? Because your 20 grams of protein can be eggs or chicken or fish, right? Um, and your, your green vegetable can be something different every time. You're checking a lot of boxes in terms of getting fiber in your system, which is really good. Um, you're checking a lot of boxes with, um, with the protein, which your body needs. We're not eating enough fiber though, as a society, as Mm -hmm. a, as a, so and how do we i mean we should up that for sure yeah i think it's interesting because i think we've come i think we've come a long way in the fiber conversation just in, and it's funny because i love white rice um which is i i, I can't i know i've seen you've had it, you've had it like five times since we've been here i mean to, to be fair i don't know if they have brown they probably have brown rice i probably could ask for it i've kind of enjoyed just getting away from brown rice yeah. but um i think by the way white rice must be better than brown rice did mm-hmm. you know that i haven't heard this oh this is it's a, it's a new it's a you should google it mm-hmm. I, you should do a story on it i heard <laughs> that uh, that there's a whole mm-hmm. myth about brown rice versus white rice hmm I don't remember what the myth exactly is. If I would, I can Google it right now and tell you. <laughs> but I, I had someone on here recently who taught, who told me about this, and it's pretty amazing, actually. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. White rice versus uh, brown rice. I was a brown rice person too. I've heard, I've heard, I have heard the thing that brown rice is overrated compared to to white rice. Like it's not markedly better. It's not marketably um, better. It's not. Yeah, white rice tastes so much better too. I'm also Asian, so I'm kind of like. I know. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, you're you're naturally gonna probably live to 177 because of just all the rice you're eating. But hold on, mm-hmm. brown rice versus uh, white rice. Okay, if you look at the, if you look at the breakdown, it's actually the fiber content in bright brown rice is like minusculely higher, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's basically a little bit higher, um, like between one gram and two grams more fiber. Hmm. Um, and then I'm not finding it properly right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up and then get back to you on that. But from what I heard, it's not that much different. White rice is see again. There's another. I think what happens is something gets traction, and yeah. then everyone just follows the 
you know, follows that. And this could be happening right now with the, I heard something about white rice and now I'm yeah. following that whole thing. So don't take but, my word for it. I think I, I could have sworn I heard someone mention that to me and I, and they were like a doc, they were a leading nutritionist. So, um, I'll try to find that information. But so, so that, but that's like, that, that's again why I'm big into like, it's like, if it's like, if you, if you kind of loosely follow, if everybody loosely followed what I'm saying, right, mm -hmm. they're covered, but choose your own carb. Don't let, don't let, um, don't let the internet choose it for you, right? Yeah. Choose your own, choose your own mixed vegetable. Like a right? sweet potato versus a white potato. It's like, it's like, like a yeah. russet potato. Yeah. It's like at, at a high level, if you're like, planning to try out for like you know or the like Olympics. a competition or something exactly yeah. but Th this then is, that matters right but. so for the ever average person who wants to like look yeah. a little bit more lean and healthy and fit have white rice or brown rice it's not going to make it's so nominally different it's not yeah. it doesn't make make a difference okay let's talk about aging and muscle like keeping how do we do this and do it well because we do break down more muscle as we age yeah. so how do we so so and that, that's interesting because the the older we get the more precise we have to get with all totally uh, true. with all this stuff like the healthier we have to eat and yeah i mean so isn't uh, building muscle when we're older like i believe after 40 especially for men um sarcopenia becomes like a major issue i think the the two things the two things we want to do um are or there are three things we want to do first off um and this is this is kind of one of those things we're told that we're told by kind of modern fitness, right? Is you've got to do the um, the kind of big exercises, right? You have to lift heavy, okay? And older people should definitely try to lift heavy. I think every human on the planet should work up to being able to deadlift like their body weight plus at least fifty pounds, um, and that's not unattainable, right? And you have to take your time to work up there. So I think. Older, older people shouldn't be afraid to lift heavy. They should do that um, at least twice a week. Right? Well, you say heavy though, right? Like the other, the fear mm -hmm. is that, especially as you get older, like mm -hmm. you're gonna pull your put your back out, or you're gonna hurt, you're gonna injure mm -hmm. yourself for like injury injury prevention. Yeah. Um. So you're saying that shouldn't be something that we focus on. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think two things. One, I think for a lot of or do challenging stuff. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's mainly like challenge yourself, like getting working up to that heavy part. Working working up to say your your body weight plus fifty pounds on a deadlift. You you might want a trainer for that, right? Um, you want somebody around who can kind of help you um, master your form, or you want to like watch like a clinic. I'll give on the deadlift online with you in like three weeks, right? Mm -hmm. um, but. Um, I just I just think don't be afraid of of heavier weights, right? And you and the key is like is the rep scheme, right? Is um like it's it's like you learn you learn with lighter weights how to how to kind of get your form down. Mm -hmm. But then you you've got like at some point you want to um challenge yourself, right? Um and you're going to keep the reps low, you're going to do like one or two reps and that's fine. I think a lot of people get caught up in again more work right mm -hmm. so it's like oh i'm gonna do sets of like 12 and 15 reps i'm gonna tone you know except toning really doesn't <laughs> is kind of toning doesn't really exist right and it's like again don't once, talk about that i think people yeah. don't really you and i may think that but most people don't realize that so why don't you talk about that I, this I whole toning myth this that that's a myth yeah i honestly don't even i barely even know what the word means right it's not it's not mm -hmm. it's it's funny because when you read um 
um, women's magazines. Uh, do women's magazines say it? I don't read. That's them. all they say is like yeah. you know tone your you know mm. upper body to- toning your arms. The mm. word tone or toning is like synonymous with uh, you know abs. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's a yeah. very common word. It's interesting because we because we literally I'm I'm actually trying to think back to the last time I used it in men's health. I've been in men's health for four and a half years now and the answer is never like yeah because <laughs> women use the word toning. i don't think men ever use the word toning yeah i think it, it it's it's almost like it, i feel like it got caught up in 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 societal kind of you know it because of um because of that whole oh well well we can't say we can't say build muscle to women right and we can't and and bulking freaks them out right so here we're gonna get them lifting weights because it's gonna tone them whatever i don't i i, I totally. honestly don't know what the word means um, it means like yeah not f- like kind of like it's like again the opposite of flabby would be toned i guess i don't know i guess these are all like this is yeah. exactly my point and that's why i wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. and have you on is because i think so much of of everything is all marketing yeah. and uh branding and it not it's not necessarily accurate or true yeah it's just what we've like been conditioned to think because we yeah. see it and hear about it all the time and especially with social media and every ding dong now on social media is, is a fitness expert which is a problem yeah because most people are getting paid for everything that they're doing or um or they have no clue what they're doing so either yeah. option's terrible so having someone who's a trusted resource like you who actually takes it super seriously and like learns about this constantly is I think a really important thing to to talk about because yeah. you get like you get like analysis paralysis on and overwhelmed at all the different information that's out there. Yeah, and I, I, I think that is what, that is what it, yeah you're right. It is so much kind of like marketing and and spin, and it get it gets confusing for people. That's why I I'm like, confused, and yeah. that's what I do for a living practically. You know what I mean? I don't even know anymore. I'm like I'm like I don't know. Maybe that maybe I'm like the brown rice white rice thing <laughs> yeah. i'm even confused because i'm yeah. like okay well i mean this trusted resource told me and then i look and now i can't find it but then I, i'm sure if i i don't have the time right this second but you if you dig around long enough for anything you can yeah. back up that 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 uh resource right yeah exactly yeah because the internet the internet is a, is a treasure trove of confirmation bias which is really exactly cool. exactly yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's a toning toning is a, but i think toning is like toning is like the woman way and don't take that the wrong way but it's kind How of it, it, it's, get off my podcast i'm just joking <laughs> it's, a, it's a, i mean it sounds like it's in all the women's magazines so it, 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 it's basically like because i feel like we i feel like guys try to like cut rip shred it's basically the equivalent to that but it is like, cut like, ripped okay so for guys yeah. it's cut rip shred build yeah women it's Tone. What else? Um, chisel, maybe. It's mostly just tone, isn't it? Tone. Yeah. <laughs> tone um, or burn. Yeah. Burn. Burn's mm. a big one. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Like burn fat. Tone your midsection. Yeah. yeah. So so they're like it's like yeah and our, yeah the guy terms if you will are just edgier versions. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's in, yeah, but the men's magazines mm-hmm. do have way better workouts that are more effective. I will say that. That's why mm-hmm. you know I have you here today because it, it, the truth of the matter is I do know enough to know mm-hmm. that lift women are kind of 
like kind of shown and taught to be lifting lightweight, very lightweight and they actually, or no weight. And they believe that's actually going to get them to their goal. When the truth of the matter is you do need to lift heavy and heavier and challenge yourself because that's how you, well, you can talk about this more. It's like that, that's how you, uh, get results and, you know, cause, what do you call it in your body? You, you cause adaptation. like, yeah. well, you call it adaptation. I was going to say yeah. stress in your body, which then builds and helps you with firming. Firm's another word. <laughs> <laughs> really? Firm, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like firm, like the back of your arm. Yeah, like, I've seen, I yes. think I've seen that one. Yeah, I've seen that firm's one. a big one too. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's the interesting. So I do not, um, I mean, like subtly because goals are different, right? Yeah. Um, that's the only difference I, I, or that's the only, it's because of different goals that sometimes I see workouts for men and women different. But I think everybody from whether male or female needs to lift heavy um, and, and get strong. You know? how, how do you lift heavy and build muscle mm-hmm. without, because this is one thing I, I mm-hmm. do, I'm curious what you, what you say. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're going to say. Because um, a lot of times if you have too much excess fat on your body, then the mm-hmm. muscle is not showing. So then you have like, fat over your muscles and then you can look a little bit more zoftic or bulky mm-hmm. how do we how do we is that all how do we take care of that problem um isn't it's interesting so so one it's really really hard to build muscle like i i love it when people are like oh i build muscle really quickly so i don't want to you know I'm, I'm worried about what's gonna happen too much it's like it's like if you're if you can put on <laughs> right if you can put that. on more than five pounds of muscle in a year um, like, like you, that's you a big to, deal. You need, yeah, you need to start selling your, your game plan to everybody. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I think the key thing is remembering that one, it's, it's really, really hard to, uh, to put on muscle. Um, so what you want to do, um, cause I guess the goal is to like, you worry that, that there's too much fat that people see, so they can't, um, so they, can't, they can't see your muscle. Well, no, like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna give you an example. I, what I'm saying is like, mm. if you are doing a thousand crunches, which mm. is a whole other thing, like oh, that's, yeah. that's another myth that you can actually build a mm. six pack by doing a thousand crunches. I'm here to tell you, I don't even mm. need Eb to tell me this. Yeah. That's a myth because abs are built in the kitchen. Most of this is done in the kitchen. Working out can get you so far, mm. but if you're not eating properly and in terms of like clean Mm. then you're never going to build a six-pack ever but my point is if you're eating a bunch of junk and then you're doing a ton of ab workouts you'll have like you may build a a strong core but you'll have like fat layer over it yeah and that that's what that's yeah like what you should be what you're better off spending your time doing in the gym is kind of um is hitting like hitting your major muscle groups right because when you do that too you're going to attack your you're going to wind up you're, you're going to want if you're doing them with with proper form and as you kind of master more execution you're gonna you're gonna wind up attacking your abs anyway without having to do direct ab exercises so you don't so, even believe in doing anything beyond major muscle groups and then that will just activate your abs or and core basically when you do them correctly yeah like and, and again like i i love training abs right but i also spend like like two hours to sometimes more in the gym right well then um, most people don't have that time right? that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so if if you don't have time and you're kind of working off if you're like for for people who can't spend two hours in the gym it's like i think you want to you you want to like lifting heavy is gonna lifting heavy I think in the eight to 10 rep range at max, right? But don't, I, I would think of if you're gonna do four exercises, right? 
um, your first one, go ahead and, and pick up something heavy and challenge yourself, right? And do like three sets of say three to five, mm -hmm. which is low. But um, if you're going to a gym, like like challenge yourself. If you're not comfortable picking up free weights or you're afraid to get injured, do it on the machine, right? Because most of most of the gyms we're going to are gonna have, you know, like- What if outside, let's talk yeah. about outside the gym, people don't have a gym member, especially yeah. now with COVID and people canceled their memberships. Yeah. Some, the best movements to do. I think, yeah. I think you break it down into into four. There are four boxes you want to hit every week, right? Mm -hmm. um, you want to squat, okay? Either squat or lunge, right? Not um, both. I, I think you can choose. They're, they're both kind of similar. Um, some some people don't squat really well, and that's some people don't squat really well, and that's why I say the lunge for those people. Some people aren't really comfortable kind of stepping back, and they lose their balance on the lunge, and that's why the squat is better for them. Okay. Um, you want to do an exercise called the Romanian deadlift. Um, and that's an exercise you can do. Um, you can go like you can go pretty heavy on once you learn it. Um, and it's super personal because you're only going down as low as you can. Right. right. Um, and that this pattern, is a fundamental one, you think the oh, Romanian deadlift. Yes. OK, so you're yeah. saying a squat or a lunge, both, whatever. Yeah. The Romanian deadlift, because you can go as low as you can yeah okay. and it, it teaches um it it the romanian deadlift is is the most fundamental motion in like human life mm -hmm. right because it's basically teaching you how to properly bend over mm -hmm. um which sounds really bad now that i say it like that but um <laughs> we know what you mean yeah but um it's teaching you how to and and that's something like we forget over time and then we start to use our back for it but what we're supposed to do is kind of is use our hamstrings and our butt for it more right um so there's that and then you need to do some kind of row just anything where you whether it's like a cable or a resistance band right, for your back you we talked about that yeah anything where you pull back here yeah. um and then you just want to the other complement to pulling back this way is you want to push so you just want to have some kind of push up in your game too and push up okay so yeah. so you said we can ixnay on the planks yeah and the sit-ups yeah those are again if you're doing these other things and you're doing them properly like if you take the time to to learn a push-up or to master the push-up the push-up happens from a plank anyway so it's like you're covered um, right yeah and then would you say what's the difference between split like some people say the best mm -hmm. thing to do is do a workout that you do one body part a mm -hmm. day or do upper or lower or do full body. What's mm -hmm. the most effective? Um, it depends on how much time you have. If, if, I, if, if you're going, if you're planning to work out three days a week, right, mm -hmm. then it's better to do full body workouts, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to be taking a day or two in between. If you're doing um, four days a week. If you're doing four days a week, um, upper, lower, upper, lower is, is, is a better way to do it. And then five days a week, you would do a body part? Um, no, I, I probably wouldn't. I don't think even even bodybuilders don't uh, even bodybuilders don't really just do a single body part in a the day. They're, I think the, the profession has moved away from that because we can we can we can hit we can hit your muscles don't can can recover more or your muscles can be can can be you can train body parts more than once a week. They don't need six days to recover. Okay, but when you say yeah. like, oh, Jen, we're gonna go work out, we're doing buys and tries, mm -hmm. biceps and triceps. So that's two body parts, right? Yeah. So are you training, like when do you, when do people train mm. two body parts a day? Like buys and tries one day, mm. legs another day, back and chest or whatever, back, chest, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, 
I get. I guess you. Some people think. Some people think of it that way, but it's not necessary. Lot, yeah, and a lot of people are thinking of it. So, so like when when I say um, chest and tries, right? Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm training all the muscles that push. Mm-hmm. You know, when I tra- when when we say back and buys, we're training all oh. the muscles that pull. So, um, it and especially if you're, it's, it's more important. Uh, again, for the long for your longevity, it's more important. Like you don't need big biceps, right? But you need the ability to pull. You know, so it's a lot easier. Um, like functional training. Exactly. Yeah, which I try to avoid that buzzword, but that's basically what it is. You don't like that word. Um, How come? I, well, I I just generally I try to avoid as many buzzwords as possible because I feel like I feel like they don't really you know I try I try to I I want to like help people understand what those buzzwords. What mean. does it mean? So functional training is literally training training functions yeah um or for everyday life right yeah it's basically it's basically kind of training yeah in theory it's training for everyday life and then crossfit took that and made that like a nutty term in its own way um so that's why i try to avoid it because i try to you know but um yeah i understand that that makes sense i don't like that word either but people know it now i think it's very common and um how, how important is recovery and how much should we recover um, so it's, in, it's in, recovery is huge, right? Because recovery is is when you're going in recover, recovery is when when I hit the sack at the end of the night. Um, that's when that's when my body, assuming I get proper sleep, that's when my body can grow. That's when it's it's repairing most of. Um, that's when it's repairing kind of most of um, of of the dam- the muscle damage I created in the gym. So that's when it's the most critical. Um, we're both taking like a water break at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but water is it, it's interesting because nutrition, um, to me, I view recovery um, as anything that's happening when I'm not in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And that includes that includes like my nutrition, right? Which is which is kind of the water I'm taking in. I make sure to take in a lot of water. Um, How do you like this? I I love it. I mean, it, it's interesting because. Um, um the color throws you off you don't think it's water right, right. he's and then, drinking uh the blk water that i sent him that um i think it's great because it has i like it because of the fulvic in it yeah and the fulvic well fulvic is um naturally occurring uh antioxidant so it's good for recovery that's why it's good for fitness people who do fitness stuff because it's good for the detoxification the recovery and the detoxification but sorry go ahead yeah but i mean yeah i think of recovery and but so we're only gonna if you think about it you're only like i train two hours of a day right um and that's a long time right that means there are 22 hours when i'm not training right mm-hmm. um and you know somebody else uh, a normal person might train what like a half hour 45 minutes a day that means there's 23 hours where they're not training so all of that is time that um that they need that that they can recover from their workouts, right? And if we're if we go into our next workout and we're not if you go through a hard forty five minute workout or a hard two hour workout or you know a thirty minute Peloton ride, um, and then the next day and you haven't kind of taken the time to recover your body, and then the next day you go back to that Peloton ride or like your thirty minute workout or your two hour workout, um and you're kind of dealing and, and you haven't let your your ligaments and tendons and muscles just just get like recover and heal and rebuild 
um, one, you're not going to grow, so you're not going to get the gains you want out of it. But two, you go into that next workout diminished, right? Mm -hmm. And then each day of kind of poor recovery, you stack, you starting to stack days of when you start to stack days of poor recovery, then you start to, but that's when people get injured. So that's mm -hmm. why recovery is, 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 is your critical way of, of, um, of avoiding injury. Mm -hmm. But then it's also key because, um, it's your critical way of, um, of kind of undoing life, right? Because life puts us, so, so right now you and me are, are sitting and I'm realizing this, I don't know how long we've been talking for, but, um, our hip flexors are like in this awful position mm -hmm. right now. Like we really should stand up and stretch. Um, but, um, well, normally I would be doing this on a treadmill in my, ho my house, my studio. Mm -hmm. However, we're of course in Miami today. Okay. Um, and with COVID, I haven't been able to do that, but mm -hmm. I mean, I agree with you on, I do not like to sit for this long. It's sedentary. Yeah. Like, being sedentary is not a natural thing for me. Yeah. And I hope that most people, um, I think it's habitual now. Like once you start moving a lot, it's like a, a an object in motion stays in motion, which is really good for you. Yeah. Right? Because like both of us are not used to it and we're like uncomfortable by sitting here. Yeah, yeah, especially now that I thought about it. Right. But 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 I mean for for the average person, it's like you spend so much time in this in, in this seated mm -hmm. position. So your hip flexors get tight. And then you spend so much time like like hunched over something, whether it's like a laptop or right. your phone or your steering wheel or, or whatever. And so recovery um, and kind of incorporating recovery tactics into um, into our lives, right, mm -hmm. um, undoes that because we wind up in this in this awful position that like can easily like is closing down all this joint space on my shoulder, tightening my chest, doesn't look good posturally either, and the the fix for that is kind of um, is kind of smart. Um, I mean, one, it's training, but two, it's kind of smart implementation of kind of recovery tactics right I, so i think recovery is because again you're only it's not just recovery from your workout it's recovery from life and um you're in the gym an hour maybe two but um life is wrecking you for the other 10 hours so what do you do you desk job. i think to, to me it's um active recovery yeah i'm very big on i think kind of the massage guns and i, I mean th there are a lot of tools out there Oh, like um, the hype, like the th uh, hypervolt, like hyperices. Uh, yeah, I, I love hyperices stuff. Yeah. To be honest, I'm I'm very big on on the uh, like the Normatech boot. Like I love that Normatech. It's expensive though for most people. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, Normatech is like these like uh le like they're like boots, these big boots for people who don't know, and it's it's great yeah. for like lactic acid buildup. You wear them for like forty minutes, and it, it's really great. But like any kind of like um. Like any kind of, you can even take a roller even and just roll out just your just to help with. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it. I think um. I think even like, I um. I think like foam foam rolling is tricky, right? Because there's a, there's like there are certain ways to do it, and I feel like sometimes people don't always like people don't always want to foam roll or have the interest in foam yeah, rolling. Yeah, I hate it, but yeah, I, mean, I, I shouldn't say it. I hate yeah. it. I just don't love doing it because it's, um, I just. I'm just always forget or whatever else. But I, I mean, you're the you're the expert though. I mean, you don't think it's a good a good way 
I, to loosen up your muscles for mobility purposes and everything else like that. I, I think it, I think it's fine. It just wouldn't be it wouldn't be my my first choice, right? My, okay, so what's your yeah. first choice for mobility? My, my first choice is just kind of like is active recovery. Like I think that doing by doing what? Like give me an uh, example. Um, there's a so my fa- I think I think it's literally you can and I think you can do this like any time throughout your day, and you can it doesn't even have to be like a workout, right? It can easily just be like 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 two minutes, right? When you just stand up and I, I would do something called the Spider-Man lunge to thoracic rotation, which I think I've made you do a bunch of times. Probably, um, yeah, the Spider-Man, what's it called? The Spider-Man lunge? Yeah, the Spider-Man lunge, right? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking. You have all these names, we all have different names for stuff, yeah. but that's a great one. Yeah. But tell people how to do it, which is. Yeah, so basically you get into, all you do is you get into, you get into a push-up position. Can you do it? Right now, so I mean, you can, I can see. I could do it on the table. That'd be weird. No. I mean, you could. Do you have room? Um, if we move the table, I do. I mean, I, I don't mind moving the table. Should we move the table? Yeah. Do you mind helping me move the table so I can just? And you're saying this is a, one of the best movements for active. This is if recovery. There's, if there's one thing you do like every day, um, that checks a lot of boxes and helps to loosen all the stuff that gets tight. Yeah. Okay. This is it? This is it, yeah. Where are we putting this table? Just put it right there for now. Are we building this? Yep. This is in jeans, so I wonder how it's gonna It's work. okay. Okay. Do it. Okay. Do it. Okay, so all you do uh-huh. is get into push-up position without, without knocking the camera down. Okay. Um, and my abs are nice and tight, glutes are nice and tight. Uh-huh. And then all we do is move our right foot as close to our right hand as possible. Okay. And try to keep our chin perpendicular to the ground if we can. And then live in this position and take like two deep breaths. And try to like sink into this hip. Because this opens up this entire hip, hip here. And then also this back hip is getting a really, really nice stretch. And then from this position, all we do is reach our hands to the sky, and then I get that good shoulder blade squeeze on the back. And at the same time, I'm opening up my chest, which has gotten tight from all that tightening. And then come back and do it on the other side. And how many should we do of these? I would literally do, I would just alternate sides for like, Two minutes. I would. I don't Two minutes. Okay. Yeah. How are you? So we do that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should like we can wake. We should wake up and do that. Or as we do before we go to bed. Um. It's interesting. It's inter- you could definitely wake up and 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 do it before you wake up or when you wake up. It'd be weird <laughs> to do it before you wake up. Um. <laughs> While we're sleeping. Yeah. Yep. You could definitely do it. Um. When you wake up. Um. I also think I think it's great too. Like if you're if you're in an office or if you have like a lunch break or something like that, it's great to do it at those times too because that's when like our hips are like, you know, it's like you've been sitting. We're for like warm, four yeah, hours. exactly. They're tight. Yeah, exactly. And it's great. There's a lot of research now just on um, like what's happening when we're tight here. Isn't is just like it's kind of like our our fascia is setting in to this pattern, right? And constantly reinforcing to your to your to your fascia, which is kind of this whole living, breathing like wrapper on our muscles. Um, constantly reinforcing that, um, hey, we're not in a set position, is beneficial, 
right? So it's like, I would do it, I do it like whenever I'm in the office, which happens a lot less these days, whenever I'm in the office and I need like kind of just like, you know, I'll just do it in the office. It's interesting too, because I feel like now, now the way the world is, is like people are a little bit more accepting of, of me doing weird stuff at the office. Um, <laughs> now? Why now? They should have always been accepting <laughs> of you since it's what you do for a living. That's true. Yeah. I'll talk to, I'll talk to the boss. Hmm. Eb, be more accepting of Eb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, they like me now. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you do that one, um, and it, again, it's super simple. It just hits a lot of boxes. Um, it loosens up a lot. It loosens yeah. up kind of a lot of the areas that are tight. Um, and it's easy. It's easy to remember. All you're thinking is get your foot by your hand and then reach for the ceiling. I love that. Yeah. Um, let's just, uh, a couple, I want to go back to the goal setting because we were talking about mm -hmm. that and then we kind of yeah. uh, went into fat loss uh, myths. But uh, besides, we started off really well telling mm -hmm. people a great way to kind of goal mm. set is to have something that they're working towards mm. uh, like a, a race or not a race or like a Spartan or a local thing. Oh, I had more on that too. I know that's yeah. why I want to I want to kind of circle it back and finish with this because mm. coming into a new year or in a new year I really want people um, and anybody like myself even to have like really good practical things that they can actually put down where they can stick stick to whatever whatever uh, goals that they have and reach them because it's no point of setting something. The whole point of setting something is so that you can actually reach those goals, not to set them and then just kind of like not even have a plan. So what are some really other good ways to do that? Okay. Um, yeah, so so it was interesting because where I had been, so that we, we went down like very long rabbit hole, but it was a good rabbit hole, I feel like. Yeah. Or, you know, a bunch of rabbit holes. Yes. But, um, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, um, yeah, it's interesting because what, like, yeah, so so what works about the Spartan races and Tough Mudders yeah. and stuff like that is they create this tangible, concrete goal. But not everybody wants to have, wants to, like, put themselves out there and go do a race or whatever. But I think the key is what you want to do is create, like, um, and this is where people fall um, right. when they're coming up with their goals for the start of the year. They're like, I want to lose weight, right? Or I want to... Um, I want to um, get stronger. I want to build muscle. I want to, you know. I think what you have to do is you take that gen, you take that general goal, right? Because that general goal is kind of really what you want. But you've got to put something tangible to it, right? So the thing people have to do, and I think to if you go back, like you, everybody's heard the phrase like invest in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you've got to. Um, the more investment you put into creating, creating your goal right mm -hmm. which sounds simple but the more that and this is also how you stick to it though too the more investment you put into kind of creating your goal the more you're gonna the, the more time you've put into it like if you're just like i want to lose weight you know that's my thing for 2021 of 2022 um so i'm gonna go get a gym membership and that's gonna keep me accountable Th that's not enough right but i think what you want to do is say okay i want to lose weight um, I want to, you, you want to figure out how many pounds, like the more concrete you can make it, the better. So I think what people have to do is, is take two steps on top of their, uh, on top of that initial goal, come up with that initial kind of like more, um, Give me an example. less, less form fitting goal. Like, let's say, um, you know, I want to, um, I want to, I have a lot of clients come to me and they're like, I want to build muscle. Right. And so I actually flip around and I'm, I'm like, you know, 
I'm like, well, what, like, who do you, and it sounds superficial, right? But it's not, it's helping, it's helping to kind of shape what we're going to do, right? And this is actually the season where I do it with a lot of them. It's, um, okay, so um, you want to build, you want to build more muscle. Um, who do you want to look like, right? Or how do you want to perform? Okay. So I think it's, it's good. Like we have all these kind of so celebrities. So be more specific. Yeah. There, there's a third step to that too. Right. Okay. So like, it's like, for me, like I want to, like, I want to look like Captain America. I have a, I had a guy, I actually had a guy earlier this year who, um, who wanted to look like Captain America. Um, and so it was like, okay, so let's, so, so now you've, you've chosen, you've, you've made it initially tangible, right? You've chosen somebody to, to look like, it doesn't have to be look like either. It could also be like perform like, like I want to dunk a basketball. I want to look like Giselle. Now what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so that, then let's, let's like outline that more like, and it sounds, again, it sounds silly and it sounds like, I know know what you mean. You're not trying to sound vain or superficial but what you're trying to do is really kind of be as specific as possible and then on top of that have somebody that you can use as a a benchmark or an example so that you can pull to or you can like refer to yeah exactly and then and then you take it one more level and it's okay so so my guy who wanted to look like captain america right it's like okay so we need to work on your chest we need to um we need to work on your chest and we need to work on your abs and we need to work on you know your, your legs right and so off of that then we chose um we chose a certain amount of exercise we chose certain exercises and it's like we're going to get your bench press here right we're going to get your um your 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 ability to to do um hanging leg lifts to this amount but what if it's not right? physically about how you look what if it's mm-hmm. like i really want to have more energy so mm-hmm. who do you you can't have you don't have that type of specificity so how do you, you do that so but you do like because like let's say like like yeah i mean in, in general yes you you want more energy but i think i think part of the responsibility of having that goal of more energy if you want it to go anywhere is to um is to put something is to put something tangible to it right so that like okay where would and, i put my chat where would the tangibility be with that yeah so that's what i'm, I'm thinking through a little bit because yeah for i you know i want more energy um it might be that might be okay so i want to be able to um you know run like you know a half a mile in the morning and a half a mile at night and feel good right um i just but i think you want to have the the like it's it's the responsibility if if you have that goal is the responsibility of it's your responsibility to make it tangible and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna allow you to stick to it right um, and that's also what's going to allow you to, to feel like you're winning throughout the year. Because, you know, if, if we took that more energy and let's say maybe that more energy, maybe um, I want more energy translates to I want to be able to do 20 burpees at the end of the day, which probably okay. doesn't sound like much fun. Um, how yeah. about for accountability? Well, so that that keeps you. I mean, for, for accountability, I think when you when once you go through the trouble. So I just literally spun that 20 burpees at the end of the day thing. And it's kind of silly, right? So I'm probably not going to take it very seriously, right? But that's where I think it's like you've kind of invested in yourself and taken the time to do something, right? Taking the time to like really flesh out the goal, whether that's with a trainer, with yourself, or whatever. And because of that, um, because of that, you'll stick to it because you owe it to yourself because you took the time to not just like come up with something that was like 20 minutes on a, on December 31st. But you took the time to kind of research and work something, work on something. Oh, I like that. Okay, um, and 
the accountability, like how I think accountability is super important. So yeah, what's the, what are some great ways to work out? Is it do 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 you think working out with friends are good? Like what's other ways to keep your goals? Yeah, it's interesting because I think I think we're I think yeah, like if you kind of create. Um, so I'm big on two things. One, I think, um, yeah, if you can work out with a group, that's really awesome um, because they're going to help you stick to it or find like um, find like a training partner. Um, one of the hard parts of finding a training partner is um, you need somebody who's going to um, push you and not drag you down. I trained for for like a, for a couple of years probably like six years ago, I was training with like a guy and he would always show up late to the gym and yeah. I would have to like call him. Um, so it's like, you have to find like the right person. If you can find the right person, right. I think that's good. If you can, um, if you can afford a trainer, they keep you accountable and they do the work for you. Um, one of the, one of the cool projects I've been part of over the last like nine months is I work with a, a team uh, called Flexit. I'm the head of training innovation there. Um, and that's an, that's an app um, and a platform that allows for virtual training, which is a really accept a super easy way that anybody can get. Yeah, I did flex out. it with you. I love that because you can like train mm -hmm. with really top quality people, and you could like at your house basically. And it's actually really good also for proper form and technique, and to make sure you're doing things right. Yeah. That's what I like about those types of things too. Like I don't think a trainer anymore is just for people who are um super wealthy i think like people who want to get better in anything have coaches yeah and you don't have to be doing it all the time yeah right it could just be like once in a while to make sure that you're on point exactly yeah and it could be it could yeah and it, yeah it, like i think you and me did what like once a week or something like that for a little bit or? we did and then i got busy my bad but i did really love the platform yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that that's like a really easy. And, and you're right. There are so many ways that you can work with um, that you can work with a trainer. I think Flexit is is a great option. But then there are other ways. It's like I think when I think now too. Like even if like if I like I draw up a program. Uh, I have a couple clients where I, all I do is I draw up a program. Um, I give it to them. They send me a couple of videos a week. Right. Um, and and it's like check ins, right? But I think when when you've kind of spent, it's like anything. It's like. If you spend six hundred dollars on on a new PlayStation Five, um, are you gonna leave it sit there? Or are you gonna use it, right? So if totally. you spend like if you if you if you if you can, right? Um, if you can spend five hundred dollars on a workout program, um, you're probably gonna stick to it a little bit more. So I think the account accountability is like literally. Um, I think there are ways you can like working with a partner is great. Working with a trainer is great. Um, I think people too, I think when you, when you set that tangible goal, I do believe like when, when you make it very, very tangible, I want to bench press 225. Mm -hmm. I want to, um, yeah, it's more tangible, the better. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what will get people, um, to stick to it. I also think setting very, very, um, small goals, right. Mm -hmm. Um, like don't like, if you don't bite off more than you can chew, like, I think it's about stack. I call it stacking days, right? Um, and I think it, it's literally. So I did this with one client in Virginia, and it was actually fun because, like, I saw it, like suddenly like she got into it, right? So I'm like, if you have no interest in fitness at all, um, my thing is uh, seven minutes, right? If you can start with seven minutes once a day, and I did this with another guy too in the Bronx, and he, um, we started with like one seven minute workout like once a day, um, and then it was like. And then it was like two of them because it's seven minutes, so it's not very long. Right, right. two a day or just yeah. okay, two, two seven minutes. Yeah, yeah so that's uh, fourteen whopping minutes out of twenty four hours. You know, 
Um, but over time, and then over time, like he was able to, it was like, oh, I can fit in more seven minute workouts because they're not long. Totally. Um, and he wound up losing, I think he lost like 60 pounds. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. And it, and it What's was. What's it called? Stacking. Yeah. How's that stack? Well, oh, you stack these well, seven minutes. Well, the goal, the goal is to like, it habits and hustle. I thought about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the goal is to like form a habit, right? Cause, um, so that's like, it's like seven minutes once a day. Okay, but seven, it's like the first day you do it, right? And then you would check in with me, right? And it's like, okay, you did your workout. Now we have to get two days, right? Mm -hmm. So now you do the workout again. Now we have to get three days. So then you did it. And then um, one, it's like the seven minute thing started because it was like, okay, I can show these people that um, they'll be more, they'll be more active and like have more fun, mm -hmm. you know? And then all of a sudden they like, like the energy. So they want the, the, um, the lady in Virginia, um wanted like more work she all of a sudden she was doing like like hour-long rowing workouts and i was like i didn't tell you to do that but sure you know she, exactly just <clears throat> to get the, the hardest parts of the start so when yeah. you're saying seven minutes day one day two two seven minutes keep, day three three seven minutes is that what you're saying no keep going so seven minutes day one seven minutes day two seven minutes day three there's going to come a point where you're going to want to do more oh okay so yeah. you're not saying double it and then triple it you're saying constantly just do the seven minutes a day. There's an app, by the way, for seven minute yeah. workouts. I don't know if you know that. It's a very big thing. Mm -hmm. um, I had an app, by the way, for five minute <laughs> workouts and then the seven minute, that yeah. was, you know, a long time ago. Um, and so you're saying, cause I, this is like, I totally believe in this. That's why I did the five minute hot five was because once someone starts, that's the hardest part. Yeah. And once they get started, then they're good as gold, more or less. And the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. So you're saying you did the seven minutes and then second day seven until they get on a, on a roll. Yeah, exactly. And all you're doing is you're, you're, you're kind of like, you're mandating for yourself that you're going to have activity in every single day, mm -hmm. right? That's where it starts, right? But then, and then because you're, you're creating this mindset, right, of, of having a mandate for activity and working out every single day, and then you just stack that because it's like one day, two day. Oh, wow, I've done seven days of seven minutes. I can do more than this. Absolutely. And then it's, I've done 14 days and that's so I've done It's confidence days. building too that you can do it. Yeah. Um, no, I love this. This is great. So I don't know how long that was, but thank you for coming on the podcast. We can do another one like this. I don't know how yeah. long that was, but... Um, it's mostly your fault. It's, it is always my fault. Mm. Um, everyone, you should... By the way, besides, you know, checking out men's health and Eb has... Um, obviously workouts in there and, and articles and he writes for them, he runs it. But Eb, Eb, check out Eb's, uh, like I said earlier, his IG, he does a great workouts. Tell them again what your IG is. It's my full name, so Ebenezer Samuel 23. Do you want to spell Ebenezer for people, just in case? I mean. <laughs> E-B-E-N-E-Z-E-R-S-A-M-U-E-L-2-3. That's really long. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's why I call you Eb. Yeah. Um, no, awesome. Thank you. This was this is a great beginning. Well, how, I mean, you'll come on again, I'm sure. Um, and uh, you know, this is a great beginning for people to start their 2022 off on on a, on uh, on the right foot, so to speak. Excuse the pun. Um, so, thank you for coming on. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast, powered by Habit Nest.
This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.